afternoon, all of us. And we continue our practice. And is it the time for making a mark or something? But uh, I would like to say that uh, you are very successful. We are very happy about you. Congratulations, you have passed your exam. So the exam was about uh, what is needed for a Samatha meditation for the practice of samadhi, the practice of jhana, what is required for us when we do anapana, whatever meditation subject, we decide to develop and to nurture. What's the purpose behind that? And the purpose is just to have the mind clear, to have the mind balanced, and to have the faculties also in harmony, and somehow, mostly, to be free of the hindrances. So, They may come again from time to time, but still, you know, just the fact that you have been uh, very patient with your observation of the breath and all of that, uh, I think you have reached the sufficient level of samatha. So, however, it is still your choice to continue in this way of samatha, but uh, as for the fourth tetrad of our text, then we have plunged into the field of vipassana. And we have started with uh, seeing anicca, impermanence. So just to remind ourselves that uh, seeing this, you know, sometimes, especially with this amount of clarity and uh, calm, it can be a little bit... uh, Uh, very surprising and somehow also fearful because what we see is that our whole world is disintegrating. Our values, our self, everything that we took for granted is fading away. We have nothing to hold. So this is what, you know, the tradition described that as a a process of uh, knowledge and uh, it's the knowledge of... uh, that is triggering some aspects of, uh, you know, fear or kind of... Um, in, in Sri Lanka, you know, they call that the first jnana, some of the udaya vaya jnana, so, so the first insight of Vibhasana, they call that the roll the mat jnana. That means when we reach this, you know, it's so threatening that we just feel like running away. We want to go out. What's that mess, you know? We want to come back to our something that is concrete, something that gives us reassurance. And, you know, we don't want to live, to leave our world of conditioning. So we have seen also in the first uh, three tetrads, huh? and you know the process, the whole process of the practice is oriented and aimed at understanding ourself, life. And it is just, you know, this body, this mind, these feelings, all of that have to be really observed. Properly. So, uh, the first three tetrads, 
somehow are the basic of our foundation, you know, they are the establishment where we really establish ourselves in something kind of concrete, kind of very, uh, uh, well, something that can be experienced. And uh, we have seen also, to some extent, the changing nature of uh, these three uh, first tetras, the body, the feelings and the mind. And coming to the fourth tetrad, you know, Dhammanupassana, is, what is the difference here? Is that Dhamma relates to all phenomena, everything. So based on body, on feelings, on consciousness, then everything comes to be in the focus of our observation, into the field of our observation. However, it is still known by the mind, like body is known by the mind, feelings are known by the mind, the mind also is known by the mind. But here, the Dhammanupassana comes to be also, you know, objects of the mind. But because we are looking at the totality of experience, then there is more of the perspective of relationship. How these phenomena relate to each other? How these very specific phenomena arises? Arise due to causes and conditions. So understanding very well the procedure, the, the dynamic, we can have a clue of what's the procedure to follow, what to do, what to do about that. So we will look at the, you know, all, all these four tetrads are eventually linked to the four satipatthana. And we have seen, you know, just by the charts uh, that we have given to you, that uh, the first tetrad relating to the body, the body formations, relate to karyanapasana, that means contemplation of the body that we see in the Satipatthana. But if we look at the, the text or the phrases that are just uh, to inform us about what it means as for the four Satipatthana, also what it means as a strategy or perspective to adapt, then the refrain that we see here, which is actually not really a refrain because it's kind of similar, or not similar, but anyway, with the small differences, is, you know, like the Forset Patana, huh? you, 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 you will know what I'm talking about. One abides contemplating the body as a body, ardent, clearly comprehending, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. 
Kaye, Kanapasi, Vyeriti, Atapi, Sampejano, Satima, Venayaloke, Abidja, Domanasan. So the four Satipatthana sometimes, somehow, as a structure, as a systematic kind of analysis where we have started to deconstruct the process of life in mind and body, and also as regard to mind, uh, different aspects also are uh, dealing with it. But the purpose of that is just to enable us to see this very specific process just as a process. And here, a process related to physical phenomena, the body. We will see also that the same principles will apply regarding to the mental process of feelings and the mind and mental object. But here, just to look at this simple phrase that one abides contemplating the body as a body. So, we just see the body, the body itself as We have seen also the various definitions of kaya, means a collection, heap, agglomeration, a collection of things. So, however, here, the collection is about the simple collection of physical phenomena that we see also classified by way of the four elements. So we see the body as the four elements or just the body as a physical phenomena. What? is also interesting when we really look at that. And this observation has to do with how we look at our body and also how we look at the body of other people. No? Like uh, the details in the Satipatthana is uh, ajatta, bhaidda, inside, outside, bodies of other people, bodies of ourselves, and then we just see bodies, just a body as a body. So in this way, when we do that, you don't need to force or, you know, it will come by itself. But at some point, we are able to see our own body as if we were looking at the body of somebody else. So we have seen also that the body also has to be known by experience. That means... These four elements that constitute this body are to be known by touch. So first, we can have the impression, the sense impression of how we know the breath with a touch, wherever we feel a touch of the breath. But also, eventually, when we see the whole body, then this whole body is known first, mostly by tactile sensations, passa. So we are with the experience within the body. And of course, these experiences deconstruct the concepts that we have about our own body. We don't have any more, somehow, anatomical parts. It's just energy, just kind of field of vibrations. In any case, we have the possibility to see our body as if it was the body of some body else, and how can we 
come to this observation is by adopting a little bit of distance from the touch itself. You come to know the body just with the mind. You can try just for fun, just as an experiment. So you have the sensations in the body, you have the experience also of all the characteristics of the body in the body, but the mind itself has the possibility to look at these processes at a somehow distant distance, maybe two inches away from the body, and then you just see the body as a body, just an agglomeration of physical elements. Kaye kayanupasivirati atapi ardent sampajanyo clearly comprehending satima with mindfulness Vinaya loke abhijja do manasan. So here we are going to fall or to open the door to a very wide topic of, of, of discovery and observation. Loka. Huh? Loka, the world. Having put away covetousness and grief for the world, the other day someone was asking me grief. You know, shall we put grief away? Or so the translation, you know, is about domanasa. So the word domanasa refers to the quality of the mind, huh? and also it refers to a, a certain type of feeling, and that feeling is opposed to somanasa. So here the prefix is do, and before the prefix is so, and relating to the other types of vidana, we have sukha and dukkha. So here, domanasa is opposed to somanasa, and manas, it's the mind, and su is happiness, is pleasant. So somehow, domanasa then can be translated, you know, uh, by way of distress, dejectedness, melancholy, grief, sadness, unhappiness, or just an unpleasant feeling in the mind. So we can have grief somehow when grief is coming and you know, a different experience of life uh, brings us this kind of uh, necessity, you know, just to grief. But by observing the body as a body, we come with that perspective where the domanasa, any kind of distress or sadness in regard to the world, has been removed. So what is the world? What is the loka? It is very interesting that, you know, these old cosmologies where humans have mapped and analyzed and systematized the universe, is very interesting. The universe is as the world. 
So what we see in the Indian cosmology in these days was uh, the definition of three types of world, three types of loka. The first type of loka is okasa loka or akasa loka, the world of space. And in this uh, uh, category, we see the galaxies, the suns, the planets, and they even speak about a multiple universe where you have thousands and millions of galaxies already in these days. And not only that, but they are speaking about the world, between the worlds. So, Antara Loka. So, even with this world of space, Akasa Loka, there are some worlds where there is nothing between the worlds. So, this is one definition of world, the world of the cosmos. Another definition of world, the world, is the world of beings, Satta Loka. So, somehow, we are all beings, and we are all different. We all carry a kind of world with us. We are all having different types of characters, and also genes, and conditioning. So, the world of beings is another type of world. A third type of world here is Sankara Loka. And this is what we are referring to by way of putting away covetousness and grief for the world. The Sankara. What are the Sankaras spoken about? We have seen already in the first uh, uh, tetrad about uh, calming down the bodily formation. No? Pasambayan Kaya Sankara. Asasisamiti Sekiti. Kaya Sankara. So, the body itself is a kind of sankara. So it's part of this type of form. And just again, for those who are interested in etymology and definition, so sankara has a very vast uh, field of uh, description. It can touch a lot of areas. And what it means b- briefly is what is form, and whatever is form is a sankara. And also, whatever is forming is also a sankara. So in this sense, the body itself is just what has been formed. It is a sankara. And also, when we look at the other tetras, the chitta, sankara, then this is also something that is formed, something that is conditioned, it is constructed. And the same thing also with... uh, I think all the five aggregates themselves, perceptions, are a kind of sankaras, vedana, of course, sankara, kind of, and um, consciousness also is a sankara. So please, stay with your practice and Don't try to follow me, because I can go everywhere. 
and I try to remain here. But there was an idea, you know, like we were speaking about consciousness, and yesterday, or before yesterday, you know, Nikki uh, nicely quoted the Tula Tanha Kaya, you know, the, the small discourse on the, uh, the ending of the destru- destroying of, uh, you know, the suffering of craving. And, uh, but I looked, you know, the, the following discourse is uh, about the, the greater discourse on the, on the, discru- the, 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 discru- the destruction of craving. And uh, the story here, it's very interesting. It's very interesting because it gives us, you know, a little bit uh, a different type of understanding of what we are talking about by way of Sankara, by way of what we are observing. Huh? And here, yeah, the way that uh, this text has started, it's, it was about, uh, you know, a monk. And uh, that monk was having the view that consciousness, you know, consciousness is what, you know, gets uh, reborn. And somehow, consciousness is something permanent that just goes through life and life huh, and get follow all kinds of free birth. And... Uh, So, you know, the, according to the Buddha's teaching, this is not acceptable. It's not what the Buddha was telling us about. What is consciousness? Consciousness is not something permanent. Consciousness is something that is conditioned. And also, uh, it's just the process of change. So, about consciousness. So here they speak about conditionality of uh, consciousness. So consciousness is also recognized by way of the different sense stores. Huh? So we have ear consciousness, nose consciousness, ear consciousness, uh, tongue and uh, body and mind consciousness. So all these things, all these different, huh? they are different. Already we have different types of consciousness and they are arising as for the different types of causes. So they are recognized also by the particular condition depending on which they arise. So when consciousness arises depending on the eye and the visual object, it is recognized as eye consciousness. And the same thing with uh, you know, mind and mind objects and the sound and the hear. So it's a, a sound, hear consciousness, etc. with the five and six senses. So, after the definition of consciousness here, what is the text here? I mean, like, if you like, you know, words, it's a kind of interesting type of terminology that is employed uh, in the text. And you will see, you know, some of you will know about that, but uh, it's an interesting one. You see, now my notes are just all over the place. And because I had taken the Pali, you know, because it's just interesting. And uh, anyway. I get it, I think. 
and then get it. So, anyway, I will try to just to improvise, trying to just keep the connection here. And then I will go with the English. Huh? So, you know, about consciousness and the question that the, 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 the Buddha is asking is, because, do you see, this has come to be, this has come to be, Bhutan, Bhutan, Idang, Ti, this has come to be. So, Buddha, being, becoming, Ba, speaks about conditionality. Do you see? Because its origination occurs with that as nutriment. Yes, we see that. Because, do you see, with the cessation of that nutriment, what has come to be is subject to cessation. Yes, we see that. And Also, is that when someone sees as it actually is, yata bhuta, huh? yata bhuta, as it has become, as it has become with wisdom, this has come to be, then doubt is abandoned, and also uh, we see with proper uh, wisdom, its origination occurs with that as nutriment. So, uh, so when we see that, uh, uh, then uh, you know. A further understanding of uh, uh, what can be uh, put aside is also brought into the picture. So we see things not only as changing, but also we have been able to see the different things arising, body, mind, feelings, as uh, depending on causes and conditions. So, you know, just again, you know, the first jnanas, like uh, anicca, anicca, anupassana, when we observe rising and passing away, then in this first, uh, you know, tetra, in this first step of the fourth tetrad, anicca-nupassi-virati, huh? and what we see as arising and passing away has been described as two types of seeing, two types of understanding. One is we see things that have arisen because of conditions, and also we see things just as arising and passing away. So it's called also, you know, in Pali, Pachayoto, Pachayoto, Udaya Bhaya, and Kanato, Udaya Bhaya. So about the body itself, how do we see that the body is arising through causes? So looking just at the body, either our body or the body of somebody else, what is that? It's arising because of nutriment. It's arising because of food. You don't eat, you starve yourself, you fast, you die. 
So the body is dependent on nutriment. But also, there are also other causes for the rising of the body. And with the rising of ignorance, there is the rising of materiality. With the rising of craving, with the rising of karma, and then also with the arising of nutriment. We see here four types of uh, uh, causes that are uh, conditioning this body. And then also, in, uh, you know, it's, in, it's interesting, you know, just to see that this body actually is just dependent on food. Huh? But food also, by way of uh, supporting conditions, so it's the same thing with the feelings also. You know, the feelings, whatever we experience by way of uh, hedonic tone, is arising in the same way that perception and formations uh, are arising. That means because of sense impression, because of contact. Huh? The contact, because of contact, huh? we have the contact of a sense door and an object, and then the specific consciousness, the specific uh, feelings, and also the specific um, uh, perception is arising because of contact, but also because of ignorance, because of craving, and also because of previous karma, because we wanted that. And the same thing with the consciousness, as we have just seen. Consciousness has arisen because of condition. It has come to be. So to understand the phenomena that we are observing by way of conditions is very important because this is where the ending of the tetrads are finishing. That means we understand the causes and what we remove is not the result somehow, but we remove the conditions and causes that are going to bring us suffering, that are going to... uh, bring, you know, all the things that are not suitable for uh, our well-being or, you know, just uh, whatever is related to suffering. Mm -hmm. Here also, you know, like uh, this very text, they give uh, four types of nutriment. So the development of the text, you can read it at your leisure, if you like at all, as long as it is referring to your own experience. So, uh, nutriment, as a way of, you know, conditionality, as a way of uh, uh, causality, 
is related not only to the food. So look at that. Look at that together. We eat. So because of the food, the nutriment, the grass nutriment of food, then the body exists. We are just only what we are eating physically. But the same principle of conditionality applies also to the mind. What are we feeding the mind with? What are we feeding the mind with? What are the causes? What are the conditions that bring different results in our mind? So, this principle of nutriment, ahara, is again uh, adopted, adapted to the other uh, aggregates. And we have seen the body, and also we see that we are feeding out of contact, out of sense impression. Because of the sense impression we get, then the mind is rising. Because of the sense impression, passa, Vedana is arising. So the Vedana, whatever we are feeling in the body or our mind, depends on contact. So somehow, contact itself with the six senders are a nutriment for the feeling to arise. Are we not feeling also, feeding ourselves, feeding the mind with mind itself, with consciousness? Just being aware, knowing, is this wanting kind of being conscious, is it also conditioned and also is it conditioning something else? We are conscious basically because of mind and body, because of this uh, two things, these two things, mind and body, nama, rupa, huh? and this consciousness is again, as a nutriment, supporting, again, it's supporting nama, rupa, you know, in the future. So, uh, mind and matter also is conditioned by consciousness. And we are also feeling ourselves with volition, mano sanchetana. Chetana, volition, and the mind, the mind, the mental kind of volition. We are creative, we want to create, we are doing things, so we are feeding out of our actions. So what we become, actually, is because of our volition there. And what we get as a result is different types of... uh, uh, different types of personality, different type of being, Sankara, Pachya, Vijnana. So we have, you know, this type of Sankaras that we are doing, you know, with the mind, with our volitions, are having, a res- as a result, a specific type of uh, personality, specific types of um, of being in life. but. Basically, now I'm going to finish on that. And just for us to see that what is the 
relationship. What is our relationship with? Huh? Relationship. This you like. I'm sure you like that. Huh? So what is our relationship with our body? That means, what is our relationship with the source or the, the support of the body, the food? How do we relate with food? How do we relate to food when we are eating? Is craving there? Are we craving for taste? Are we craving for a specific food? A craving, kind of a very strong desire to have specific results. And the results we want is in regard to the body. So we are craving for the food, means we are craving for the body, means also we are craving for the pleasure that we get from the body. If we are to analyze our mind, when we are eating, we will understand a lot of things. A relationship here. The relationship as, is there craving or is not? Is there not craving? Is there also, do we have the possibility to have a different relationship with food? It doesn't mean we should stop eating. No. It means that we can have a different attitude towards that necessity of feeding our body. This is very, very different. And in regard to contact, are we, well, are we about experience? Are we craving for experience? Whether it is experience of sense pleasures or experience of all kinds of wonderful things, even experiences of jhana and you know all these sublime states that you see uh, when you look at people meditating on a photo. You know, of course, if you were to look at yourself now, you would say, "Wow, I want that experience," because you all look so peaceful. So, the craving for experience is also a type of craving. So, what is our relationship with contact? And same thing, what is our relation? Is there craving? So, this is the question. And also, is there craving in relationship to uh, to our projects, our volition, our you know wanting to do, wanting to be, wanting to achieve, all of that. So. The point here is that with these four types of nutriment, there is craving as its source, and we can change that. And this is our duty. How can we change? How can we turn craving into wisdom, into understanding? So now we'll go, you know, like the text. I mean, just uh, for sure, I don't want to uh, to lose you in this uh, very... Uh, mixed-up kind of explanation. But uh, there is another aspect, you know, of, of, that, same, uh, of that same text. Huh? Now, now they speak about, you know, just about the uh, forward exposition and then reverse exposition, you know, of these, four, the, these 12, uh, the uh, link of dependent origination, the Patichos Mopada. But... You know, here I like the story here because it's touching to an aspect of observation that has to do with something very practical, and it is the you know the description of conception to maturity. That means how a child is born and how the child grows. 
Is it that these monks, you know, are interested in uh, child development? Then, but definitely they were interested to see how the process of development occurs from the time it is born. So, you know, there here there is just I will I will just summarize, you know, not to expand too much, but uh, they speak about how, you know, the embryo, you know, descend into the, into the mother's womb, etc., because of different causes, because of the father and mother, etc., and, and then, and then when, uh, when it is there, then it's there for nine or ten months, and they say also that with much anxiety, a heavy burden, well, I don't know, you know, you should ask a pregnant woman about that, and, uh, at the end of nine or ten months, but this is true, you know, I have met some of my friends, and the, the <laughs> anyway, it's just, uh, sometimes it can, it can create kind of anxiety uh, if the mother doesn't feel so secure because a new responsibility is going to fall, especially on her shoulders. So, then the mother gives birth, uh, etc., and uh, then when the child is born, she nourishes it with her own blood, you know, with that means with the breast milk, because this is also called, you know, a kind of blood. And uh, then the child grows up, and the faculties mature. The child plays at such game as toy plough, tip cat, somersault, toy wheel mill, uh, toy measures, toy cars, and a toy bow and arrow. I think they speak about... Well, I don't know if they speak about a girl or a man, but definitely, you know, if they were uh, now, they would see about they play, you know, all kinds of games with their with their phone and uh, so so. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is that the, at some point the faculty the faculties mature, oh, and then I think uh, some of you knows a little bit more uh, this aspect of. Uh, uh, child formation and development. Oh, when the identity starts to be, because apparently when the child is very, very, very young, then the eye is not yet formed. Oh, and how it is uh, uh, coming up, you know, is an is a, is a interesting uh, inquiry. But uh, here, what they want to point out is that uh, when, you know, the child grows up and the faculties mature, then the youth enjoys himself or herself, provided and endowed with the five cores of sense pleasures. With all these, you know, the nice things to see, and then nice things to hear, and then to smell, and then to taste, and to touch. And uh, uh, all these things are wished for, desired, agreeable and likable, connected with sensual desires and provocative of lust. So is is it so, you know? If it is so, then uh, we have to admit that, uh, you know, we are somehow, as a human being, even just as a, as a living being, we are genetically conditioned for enjoyment. We are also conditioned for survival and reproduction and also for power. So, here, it is starting about how we deal with these different contexts and these different experiences. And here again, we fall, uh, you know, the, 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 for the feelings, huh? 
then he goes into explaining about uh, the, the different types of arising of uh, the rounds of uh, of uh, the dependent origination. So engage as they are favoring and opposing whatever feelings they feel, whether pleasant, painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, they delight in that feeling, welcomes it, and remains holding it. And as they do so, delight arises in them. Now, delight in feelings is craving, is clinging. With clinging as condition, being, you see, comes to be being, being Buddha. So, upadana, pachya, bhava, bhava, being, becoming. With this clinging as condition, beings come to be. With being as condition, becoming as condition, birth. With birth as condition, aging and death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair come to be. Such is the origin of the whole mass of suffering. So, is it like that? Is there something else to do about it? So related to this origination, you know, dependent origination, we see also that there is the opposite. That means when it is uh, these factors, whatever they are, the 12 factors, we have not gone into details here, but uh, still we have touched aspect of them. Uh, when this is the rising, so avidya, pachya, sankara, so because of a condition, because of the condition of ignorance, then there is sankara, and then all of that, you know, it's just a pachya, it's called a, a anuroma, the order of uh, arising. But also we have the order of uh, uh, niroda, the, the order of, of ending the, that round, and then it is just by ending the conditions, that means by ending the negative relationship we have with these things. That means ending the craving, mostly. How do we end up the craving? And the solution, eventually, is just to do what you are doing, what we are doing. And it's not so esoteric, isn't it? It's a bit esoteric for those who don't know what it is, but we are just practicing, trying to understand our life and also how different causes and conditions bring more happiness, more clarity, and more being uh, in life with uh, qualities somehow. come back again to our Anapanasati, you know, last aspects of the, the last tetrad. And this last tetrad, you know, with these four steps, are also linked to the uh, various type of vipassana knowledge, if you know some of them, but uh, it relates to that, actually, you know. 
And uh, we have seen the first two, Viraga and Anichanupase. We see the change, uh, and also the change arising uh, by itself, arising and passing away very fast, and also the change arising out of different conditions. And we have seen also Viraga, you know, the absence of, uh, uh, the absence of uh, greed for whatever is arising by way of the five aggregates as well. And Patisine, and then Niroda, Niroda no Pasivirati, Asasisamiti Sikati. So the Niroda here basically uh, relates to uh, the Niroda of. The different types of defilements, the different types of obstacles that we come with our relationship with these things. Saga, that means relinquishment. So, relinquishment in regard to the body will mean also that one relinquish attachment and craving and clinging. Oh, and then the same thing with the, the uh, aspects of Vedana, oh, the feelings, the perceptions, and the Sankara, the volition formations, and also uh, the consciousness. So again, the contemplation of relinquishment is a way of giving up, you know, this regarding the five aggregates. But again, the meaning is abandoning, you know, abandoning, giving up the defilements. That's all. So this is where a mature aspect of insight meditation leading to emergence arises, and we want to give up the defilements because they are not healthy. And when the mind completely gives us, gives up the defilement, then there is the cessation of these things. And this is the entry also to Nibbana. Just a small, you know, remark is about uh, when we understand causes and conditions, then the wisdom will tell us to abandon, to relinquish, to give up many things. However, the wisdom is also going to tell us what we need to develop, what we need to nourish, what we need to understand, what we need to many things that can be done in regard to 
our life, not only giving up, but a different attitude and also a different type of uh, relationship with this world. The world of Sankara, the Sankara of body, the Sankara of Vedana, the Sankara of perception, the Sankara of volition, and also the Sankara of all kinds of mental formations. This is a practice, and whatever words have been said, they're just words. You need to make it, to make them your own, and then to see how your practice actually is leading you to more liberation, more freedom, and also more happiness. You know? So, thank you for your listening, and we will call it, I don't know if we can call that a talk, but it's going to end. (laughs) 